So usually when somebody comes by here, it's not because they were just driving down the road and saw my sign. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's happened maybe once. Oh, really? <laughs> if you drive out to Peeper Glass, owned by Kenny Peeper, who you're listening to there, you'll see exactly what he's talking about. Uh, Kenny is the first of three artists in Yancey County that we talked with for this episode of NC Travel Chat. One thing we'll get into shortly is the Tow River Art Studio Tours, which we talked about in the previous episode, and this year are going virtual. Usually they're a big draw to the area, and for artists like Kenny. We'll let Kenny talk about this, including his background, a bit about the Penland School of Craft, and more. I'm your host, Carl Hedinger. Are there any other studios on this road? Well, yeah, there are, not glass studios, but okay. yeah, there's uh, somebody who does acoustic painting, and then there's Don Walker, my uh, neighbor down there. He has a studio further down, he does ironwork. Oh, yeah, nice. And uh, that's it for right here, but within this, like, Silo area, or the South Toe Valley, there's quite a few yeah. of craftspeople that are here. Uh-huh. And have you heard about the track tour? There's, is it their studio tours? Yeah, the studio like tour. Like June and December? Yeah. Yeah. Do you uh, do people come out here during that? Oh, yeah. People come from all over the southeast. Oh, really? Or even, you know, even further than that. Really? And uh, it's a pretty big deal. You know, it's probably my best show because I take this room that's in here that's a workroom. Yeah. And I take everything out of it and, and just put tables and display up and actually most of what i sell during that time are kind of experimental pieces or seconds or things that i just make to sell out of that cell and and most of that work it's the only outlet i have for that so you know hmm. i can't i don't want to sell seconds to galleries you know and wow and so you know it would be mostly work that i just have to take to the dump otherwise and huh. <laughs> and people will buy that yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And a lot of times it's just such a minor little thing, you know, like a little bubble or huh. or maybe, you know, if it's a if I'm working on a new piece or a new design, it sometimes takes me a number of tries and then I have to look at it and then do some more and change the shape a little bit or the coloring. Hmm. And so those pieces aren't necessarily seconds, but they're just not worked completely out, you know. Hmm. It's something maybe you don't feel ready to sell to a gallery. Right. right. That's interesting. So do you fire in here? Yeah, come on in. Kenny then took me into his studio. He showed me his furnace, his process, and timing of producing some of the finest glass you'll ever find. Uh, I've never had somebody take the time to show me all these things before. I'm very grateful for that. Kenny then shared his background and how he actually became a glassblower. When I first started doing crafts, I started in pottery. Oh, yeah. Back when I was a teenager. And, you know, you you throw a pot, and then you got to let it sit and get kind of hard. And then you trim it, you know, when it's, when it's still a little bit plowable. And then it has to dry. Then usually you bisque it. And then you glaze it. And then you fire it. Well... And then, and you have to have enough work to fill a whole kiln to fire it. Hmm. So, you know, it might take months before oh. you finish a piece. And I, you know, love the immediacy of glass. You know, you make it and the next day, you have it there in your hands. Did you uh, start doing glass when you were at Penland? I did. I did. When I was, well, when I got into like fourth grade, I was living in Spruce Pine, grew up in Spruce Pine. Oh, yeah. 
And in fourth grade, it was clear that I was having a lot of troubles in school. So my parents looked around for somebody to help me, and they found a tutor, and her name was Jane Brown. Well, it turns out that her husband was a director of Penland. And so that gave me the connection with Penland. And when I got into high school, she was no longer tutoring me, but, um, but she heard I was getting in a lot of trouble, and I was just, you know, really frustrated, as lots of young people are. And so she asked me if I'd like to come up to Penland and, and do something. I was like, hell yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> and so, you know, do you know about Penland? Like, I mean, I know it's a pretty good school. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a workshop school, not like a affiliated college. And so most of the classes are two or three weeks long. And every session, there's a new set of students and a new set of teachers that come through. And the teachers come from all over the world. And so here I was, just this young punk, 15 years old, you know, and I was studying with all these masters from all over the world doing ceramics and jewelry and woodworking and ironwork. And, and I got to take classes there for, oh, about two and a half years before I, well, it was more like three years before I graduated in high school. And the last class that I took was a glass class. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. And so I've been doing it ever since. That's awesome. So I guess you dabbled in a lot of things before deciding on glass. I did, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And then, you know, I wasn't really great college material as far as my high school grades. But I had an amazing portfolio because of my experience with Penland. And so I was able to pick, you know, what school I wanted to go to as far as a private uh, art school. Hmm. So I moved from suburbs of Spruce Pine to downtown Detroit when I was 18 years old. And God, I, I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. What, what, uh, what was this, like the 80s? Yeah, this, well, this was late 70s. Late 70s? 78. And I went to school there two years, and then I went out to California to a school in Oakland, California. It's called California College of Arts and Crafts and graduated there and then got a job working for some glass blowers out there and I stayed out there for about 17 years. Oh, wow. Because when I was 18, I ran as fast and hard out of here as I could and swore I'd never come back. And But, you know, after a while I realized this was like a really great place to be because of the community that's around Penland and because of the beauty of the place and the weather is great here it got all four seasons which is something i really missed when i was in california yeah and i wanted to get to know my mom and dad before it was too late and i mean i was never going to be able to afford to do something like this in california so for all those reasons i moved back and when i did move back i got a job at penland and i ran their glass studio for six and a half years and so that was probably the most informative time in my years of blowing glass because every year there would be at least nine glass blowers that came and taught there. Wow. And to see that many different approaches to the medium and different ways of blowing glass and different techniques and different aesthetics, you know, all that really helped um, shape the work that I do. Hmm. Uh, so when uh, did you decide to break out on your own? Well, I bought this property in 2000. There wasn't anything here. It was all woods. And then it took me, since I was still running the shop at Penland, it took me 
a year and a half to clear it and build the building. Wow. And then I, when I quit Penland, the building was here, but none of this equipment. And so I spent like four months just building all the equipment that's in here and then started blowing glass, and that was in 2002. Okay. And so you got started 2002, and has there been any major changes to the property since since you well, started? I had a little spot up there that I put a trailer in, and I lived in that for seven years. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I was able to build a house further down the property. So that's the big change is now I'm in a house. It's a real beautiful house, mostly built out of materials that came off of the property. Oh, that's awesome. pretty cool. We did a timber frame out of hemlocks because the woolly adelgid was coming through and wiping out all the hemlocks. Oh, yeah. We figured, well, we're going to lose them all anyway. We might as well. And you can see a lot of them at Carolina Hemlocks, which is a park if you go up 80 a little bit further. And they have treated their little section to keep them healthy. That's right. good. It's an expensive thing to do. And, I mean, somebody like me could never treat all the trees on my property. Yeah, but, I mean, that's it's good that they're doing it, mm-hmm. at least. Um, yeah. So, outside of uh, the studio, do you have any, what's, like, your favorite place to go in this area? Are you an outdoors person? Yeah. Do a lot of hiking um, and mountain biking. Oh, yeah? Um I like the Wilson Creek area quite a bit, but it's a little bit of a drive from here. I like that for the single track trails for mountain biking. Yeah. But around here, there's all kinds of trails along Mount Mitchell and down in the South Toe Valley. There's, uh, if you go back up the other way, you can hike over the ridge and uh, go to uh, Crabtree Falls. Oh, yeah. That's, That's a real beautiful hike. Beautiful. Um, I love getting on the parkway on my motorcycle, riding. Yeah. And uh, behind the bicycles up there are a bunch of kayaks. And so there's oh. a lot of great whitewater around here. There's Nolichucky, the French Broad, got just the Green River. It just goes on and on. There's all kinds of really good. And the South Toe here, when we get a lot of rain, can be a really great oh, really? river to run. Cool. We then went up to his gallery and saw Kenny's pieces. I can't tell you which was my favorite. I know Kenny particularly enjoys seeing a finished goblet thanks to their technical difficulty. And doing things like this, seeing an artist talk about his influences as you look at their work, is something every person should do. Thank you, Kenny, for spending time chatting with us. We're going to move on now to another area in Yancey County, a little closer to Burnsville. These two people that you're about to listen to are probably a couple of the most interesting and just downright funny people that I've ever talked to. So how long have y'all been here? Let's get into it. Uh, This is uh, 17 years. 17 years. So what brought you here? Mark trucks. (laughs) Trucks? No, I really wanted to come back to the state. Claudia Dunway there is from the Reedsville area up in Rockingham County. And along with John Richards, uh, who you also heard, they own and run Yummy Mud Puddle with Catherine Lynch, who wasn't at the studio that morning. Uh, Claudia has recently transitioned into woodblock prints, which you'll learn about shortly. And John produces a variety of mixed media and is known as an art machine. 
That's uh, Claudia's words, not mine. Uh, they also own a vacation rental. It's just a beautiful setting, honestly, if you ever visit their property. The story of how they arrived in North Carolina is just as interesting as the property they live and work on. So I'll let them take it from here. And I wanted to come home, I guess, and didn't want to go back to Reedsville necessarily. But this area, because of Penland and all the artists that live, you know, Asheville nearby. Is so hot. In Asheville. Yeah, that, that's, that's my primary reason I wanted to mm. be closer. Did you go to Penland? I took several classes there, yeah. Did you ever take class at Penland? I never got a class. I no. just, uh, just checked it out and said, well, this is all below me, so. <laughs> <laughs> we just drove up there today, and uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing, up there. Isn't it? Have you never been out? No, I've never been out there. Wow, it, when, when the classes are in session... It's just incredible. Do people live on campus there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was trying to figure it out. It was really foggy when we were driving around, so I couldn't see some of the buildings. But uh, yeah, it's they have on on uh, site housing. Okay. Uh, some folks that you know live in the area, such as myself, we we uh, usually commute. Although last time I didn't because a friend said I couldn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> Cynthia said, "You're staying at my place," and I went, "Oh, okay." Uh, <laughs> That's cool. I did that. <laughs> so, are you pottery? I was. You were. I was oh. a potter for forty years. And you switched. I I was I was doing working on the pottery, which you'll see if you go in there. And um, I, the, it was just the process took so long because I had a large gas kill, and I just wanted a faster process, and I wanted something that would be mobile. Okay. You know, that if we decided to take a long journey somewhere before COVID hit, that I could take take it with me, you know, hmm. without having to love kills and clay and wheels and all wow, that. yeah. So, and oh, carving sure. woodblock is a lot similar to So would you like to see her studio? It's right. Sure, yeah. Do you want to wait for your wife? And I can, yeah, I could have her, if she's the photographer, so maybe if oh, there's something, she wants to take a photo oh, of. How's my hair? How's my makeup? <laughs> well, I mean, you look perfect, you know. <laughs> So keep this guy. <laughs> so John, you do are you sculpture? I am sculpture, I am painting, I am cartoons, I am music. Cartoons. I just need, well, like, you'll see the gallery in a minute. I am, yeah, nice. That's my reputation. <laughs> I like your shirt too. So you guys like ducks. We also have a band. You have a band. Called the hot duck soup. What what do you what instruments you play? I play banjo and Claudia plays about seventeen different things. No, so. I play. So you're like Prince. I play a cornet and a ukulele. Okay. But then my my uh, whoop de doo is a deer call, and then uh, we all play kazoo's and I play nose flute and slide I beat whistle. on the cans and what else? Slide whistle. Slide whistle. Slide whistle. Yeah. Three dollars and fifty cents in your Yeah. It's really. Yeah, the chintzy plastic ones. That, you can tell it's very serious music. Yeah. Oh, come on. I bet it's serious. Do y'all play around here? Like, you ever we go over it? Yeah. We don't have an epidemic, yes. Yeah. Do y'all get a lot of people who come out here, like about during tours other, or anything? Oh, during well, tours, for sure. But about every other week, we get. Since COVID, it's been strange because we've had more people call and ask to come out. Really? Yeah, and Hmm. I spent the winter um, photographing mostly his work because he is the art machine. And 
and editing his images and putting them online to our website and, and posting them on Facebook, like, you know, religiously. Yeah. And we had good sales through the winter, yeah. uh, which was good. But Claudia took me into her studio. She showed me the basics of the woodblock prints that she makes from beginning to end. She also shared some things she was working on to be featured in an upcoming exhibit. Two years ago, I'd taken a workshop on wood carving. I thought, okay, I'll go see if I like woodblock printmaking because it's so close to carving pots. So I, took, I, I got a scholarship to go, and then Cynthia Bringle gave me somewhere to live over there. And I took the workshop for two weeks and just loved it. And came home and decided, okay, I'll get through the winter, and if I really like doing this and I think it's going to work, I'll stop doing the pots and go back go, go to printmaking. And that's what I did. I just gradually started getting rid of everything. Really? <laughs> sold the gas kill, sold my wheel, I sold all this stuff. Cleaned it up. So, so you do wood blocks. I do. So this is, this is a, it's called Moku Hanga, M-O-K-U-H-A-N-G-A, which was the way uh, the professor that was at Penland taught. He was from Westland. And his name was K.G. Shinohara. He's a well-known um, printmaker, woodblock printmaker. So this is the background. So I print the blue print the yellow, and then you print the black. Okay. And I'm still um, playing around with colors and stuff on it. But do you usually sell to uh, galleries, or do well, you usually go direct? I, I'm a member of MICA Gallery, uh, MICA over in Bakersville. Okay. It's just called MICA, M-I-C-A. And that's a cooperative gallery. And so I, I was selling pots through them, and I decided to transition into selling prints. So I haven't been really selling prints very long. Okay. And pretty much since COVID, you know, galleries are open. They're not open. Some who are going to retire, went ahead and retired, mm. or they sold their business. So, you know, that happens. And when you're an artist, you kind of have to learn to adjust to whatever's going on, mm. you know, whether it's a recession or... Hurricanes or whatever. So, yeah. So I, I mostly um, print with with pigments, and I don't have a press except for smaller things like uh, cards and whatnot. And the way the paper this goes like that. I will finish. Um, That's cool. Putting in the deeper color, and then I'll put the black over top, and uh, and then we'll be good to go. That's awesome. And then you see it within you know two days. Yeah. Instead of five weeks on clay. And you, you work for a month and then you put it in a box and set it on fire. <laughs> well, I hope it comes out. But I still have these in fire brick from the kill. Claudia showed me a bit more about woodblock prints and took me around her studio a little bit more. And then eventually Christina joined to chat with us and we moved to John's studio next door, which is an amazing experience in itself. And for that, we put the microphone down and just talked. John is, in fact, an art machine and makes art out of many things that we as people discarded, including cat food tins, as one example. Overall, it was an amazing experience hanging out with these artists, and even though they're so talented, I found all three folks we chatted with to be very humble and grateful for their abilities and the fact that people purchased their work. If you're a person like me who admires glass pieces like Kenny's in the first segment, prints that Claudia produces, or for the lack of better words, 
diverse and unique collections of pieces that John produces, please take a moment and at least visit them online. You can start with Kenny by visiting peeperglass.com. That's P-I-E-P-E-R. And for John, Claudia, and Catherine, visit yummymudpuddle.com. But even better, I hope these interviews will convince you to at least give it some thought to visit this part of North Carolina. We've fallen in love with Yancey County and can't wait to get back there. Even much so, in a future NC Travel Chat we have planned to go out, You'll learn about some of Yancey County's outdoor spots that Kenny talked about, like Mount Mitchell. So stay tuned for that in the coming weeks. Special thanks to all the artists who agreed to meet with us, Tow River Arts, and the Yancey County Chamber of Commerce for all their help during our trip. You can read more about Burnsville and Yancey County at nctripping.com. Just go to our site and search for Burnsville, and it should be the first article to pop up. Thank you for listening as we continue interviewing these amazing people of North Carolina. Until next time, take care and travel safely.